with Aaron and Polly. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And, uh, well, I guess, I guess I'll welcome back the prodigal Paul. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I don't think that the listeners have heard a single episode without me. Well, you know, it's only because we were so distraught. <laughs> I, I, I even offered to record from from California, Aaron, and you other guys were like, meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> We've already made plans for Saturday morning. Look, you can argue with facts, <laughs> but it's not going to dissuade me from blaming you for the absence of fresh content. And I can argue with facts? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. You can argue with facts. That's with, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not. It's not going to change my position. Okay. Okay. Well, that. Well, th- that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I. I. am at heart, at my core, an American. I will not be swayed by facts. <laughs> just saying. Just make them up as you go. <laughs> <laughs> Reality is what I say it is, Paul. Mm-hmm. Sounds go. about right. Sounds about right. And all of a sudden, it's a it's a politics cast with Aaron and Paul. You didn't know you were in for that, but now you are. It's not where I was going. You know, again, you can argue with facts. I choose to state otherwise. But uh, hey, you were at uh, the Star Wars celebration. I was. I was last week. Um, last week when we weren't recording, when I offered to record, um, I was in uh, Anaheim, California from Thursday. So I'm going to tell you a quick story here. Aaron, oh, dear. Before, before I get into Star Wars Celebration, I was there Uh-oh. from Thursday and originally was supposed to leave on Monday, Memorial Day, come back home mm-hmm. to Virginia. Yeah. Land around, I don't know, 4 or 5 p.m., right? So I get a call. A text, I should say, or a notification on my phone. And, you know, my body takes a few days to acclimate to that three-hour time difference. Sure. Um, so, you know, Sunday morning at 4 o'clock, I get a text. 4 o'clock California time. So 7 o'clock Virginia so I'm gonna, Yeah, I was just going to say, I was doing the math. Three, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Okay. Yeah, 7 o'clock Eastern, which, you know, that's – I'm normally awake at that time. So I was – I wasn't – I wouldn't say I was wide awake, but I was certainly – conscious yeah at 4 a.m and so i got this notification um because i generally leave the little sound on when i'm out of town in case anyone needs to reach me yeah um and delta reached out to say hey sorry for the inconvenience your flight tomorrow's been canceled oh i'm like huh that doesn't (laughs) feel like (laughs) it doesn't feel good and i'm not you know i'm not uh i'm not at my full mental capacity at 4 a.m in the morning right. to really figure out what to do. You know, they're like, hey, but we can rebook you on this flight, get you in like nine o'clock on, on Monday night. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know that I like that. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, I wasn't, if I wasn't, a, I'm like, but if this flight got canceled, that was going to get me in at five o'clock. If I don't get in at nine o'clock, am I not getting in until Tuesday? Like, I, I don't love that idea because I was returning back to my day job on Tuesday. Right, right. Yeah. So I actually left California early. I left on Sunday afternoon from California. I missed the last day of Star Wars Celebration. No big deal. I was going to miss it anyway. I was going to spend the day at Disneyland. Um, but so I, I I landed around midnight Sunday night, you know, for, for better or worse, you know, for, for what it's worth. I, it, it gave me an extra day back home to mm-hmm. recover from my Star Wars Celebration shenanigans before I, you know, got back into the normal world of going back into work on Tuesday. But uh, it was a bit of a rude awakening on Sunday morning. I got to tell you, that really sucks. That sucks yeah. that, that you got <laughs> shortened an entire day, but from Delta. I mean, wow. That I yeah. mean, 
And then I went to the hotel. I'm like, hey, my flight got canceled. I have to I have to leave early. And they're like, oh, you know, no big deal. But, you know, it's a, it's a $75 surcharge for early checkout. I'm like, but it's not my choice. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was still cheaper than the, the room rate even at the uh, conference. Now, that being said, you know, again, I was going to miss the convention on Sunday anyway. I was just honestly... Um, you know, I, I felt like after three days of Star Wars Celebration, unlike previous years, obviously this year's Star Wars Celebration was impacted by the pandemic. Um, they did their best, but the panel schedule, the panels were a little lackluster, um, you know, the, as far as the the content and, you know, the, there weren't as many vendors and as many activities as normal. And that's to be expected, right? We're still figuring it out. It's certainly... Uh, a different uh, experience than I've had in a few years to be surrounded in a room with, you know, tens of thousands of people. But, um, but the last day I, I, I literally looked at the schedule and I'm like, if I, around Saturday night, I was walking around the, the exhibit hall, the show floor. And I'm like, Hmm, I feel like I'm forcing it. I see, I feel like I've seen everything multiple times. I feel like I'm looking for something new and there isn't something new. Right. And if I come back tomorrow, I'm just going to do it again because I'm not interested in any of the panels that they did had. Did celebration on. start on Thursday? It did. It was a four day. Con- That's uh, a long time. And, is. you know, you've seen all there is to see at a convention by Saturday. You yeah. know, they're not bringing anything new to you in terms of you know, things to buy, things to see, things to do on Sunday. And, you know, really, you're, you've just got, you know, your third tier panels usually. Uh, now, I've never exactly. been to a Sunday was. Nearly so it, was your, it was your third tier panels, you know. Well, I've never been to a convention nearly as big as, as Celebration, but, you know, I, I find two days is about what I what I can do. I, the Sunday is, is unless Sunday is the only day I go, uh, Sunday is not a day I, I generally do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I last time I went to Star Wars Celebration, I, it was in Chicago, and it was a five-day convention. Oh, my God. Yeah, it actually ended on Monday, and I think there was a spe- I think there was a reason for it. I think there was some type of specific news release that they were timing to coincide with um, on Monday. So I think it was like a Good Morning America thing that they were timing to coincide with, maybe a trailer release or something like that. But I will tell you, Star Wars Celebration Chicago – we went all five days. Now, that being said, for the most part, I did it a little differently. Um, I had Jen with me. And so the days were not show up at 6 a.m. in the morning, stay till closing days. Right. They were, you know, I mean, they were much more moderate days. They, they were show up, um, you know, attend some panels, spend half days, that kind of thing. And to a certain extent, I actually, I, I will say Star Wars Celebration Chicago was probably my best experience um, because I was able to not sit in line at 6 a.m. in the morning waiting for four hours. I showed up when I showed up. I enjoyed what I enjoyed. You know, I took it at a much more leisurely pace than I would if I was alone, which I was for this convention. So now, you know, the one thing I'll say about Sundays at conventions is back in the day, you know, you'd see something on the convention floor and you're like, oh, that is way too expensive. I'll wait till Sunday. That's not And you true. can really get some. It is not true anymore. Yeah. You know, and nobody gives you, deal, you know, close out deals, you know, because you used to be able to get those guys are like, man, I don't want to fucking pack this. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's true if you go to some of um, like toy conventions, if you go to like, you know, specific toy shows, maybe some comic shows. But some of your um, like Texas has uh, what is it? The Dallas. The big one. That yeah, you we've got have. we got like the Fan Expo. And, yeah, the Fan Expo, uh, you know, the Star Wars Celebrations, your San Diego Comic-Cons, New York Comic-Cons. That's not true of those size shows. Right. 
Right. You pay what they off. You know, you may be able to negotiate, but you're not going to negotiate a better deal on Sunday. They are willing to pack that shit and take home. Right. Right. Um, and I so miss those days. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. But, you know, I mean, so all that being said, I really did enjoy the convention. I was um, and one of my experience with Star Wars Celebration I will say has been that the first day is usually a cluster mm-hmm. um, in that, you know, especially this year, because it's been a few years, the security doesn't know what's going on. The workers don't know what's going on. You know, we we were actually invited media for this convention. However, we did not have guaranteed access to anything. Um, so I had to enter lotteries for panels just like every, just like any other attendee. And and I didn't win any of the lotteries. So oh, really, I will tell you that's you know on on Thursday, that's why I, you know the opening day of the convention, I actually showed up super early to get in the standby line for the uh, main Lucasfilm Studio showcase, and that's where they showed um, you know the the Willow trailer and some they talked about mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and Mandalorian and Obi Wan, and I w- even in the in the sta- I was at the front of the standby line, like, I don't know, 20, 30 people in, and I still didn't get in. Wow. Um, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I was, I was shocked. And, but you know, part of that because is people it, were just not walking like in, you're, you know, but it's not like your, uh, your invited media prestige bought you anything. You paid for your tickets, you paid for your travel, right? I mean, you were, you were a star Wars celebration customer in addition to being an invited media and you still couldn't get. It. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but that was the only, you know, that was, I would say of all the panels that I wanted to attend, that was the only one I really wanted to get in that I didn't. Now, unfortunately, yeah. it was the biggest one that I wanted to get right. in that I didn't because, you know, freaking Harrison Ford showed up and John Williams conducted the orchestra playing Indiana Jones and the Obi-Wan theme and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I was I was bummed to not be able to attend that panel. Um, that being said, the only thing that I really missed out on that panel, there were two things that I missed out on that first day panel. They One had popcorn. Was, well, yes, they had popcorn. <laughs> um, they also had um, people who attended that panel were given a ticket to attend the premiere of Obi-Wan that night at Celebration. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the first three episodes of Obi-Wan. So I saw it on Disney Plus that evening anyway. Um, but obviously, I didn't see it in the big convention hall with Ewan right. McGregor and Hayden Christensen and all that. Um, and then they also showed the uh, first teaser trailer for Mandalorian Season 3. However, I did get into the Mandalorian panel later on in the weekend on Saturday, and they showed an extended version of that trailer. So I actually got the better deal there. Um, of, of seeing it in that panel, as well as being able to see first footage from the new Ahsoka TV series. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I will say, you know, the convention itself definitely impacted by the pandemic. Um, as far as convention exclusives, certain uh, booths, Sideshow, Hasbro, you know, big booths like that, did not actually have their convention exclusives at the convention. Um, what, what they did is they handed you a QR code uh, in order to pre-order the convention exclusive, oh. but they did not actually have them there. Um, you know, and in, in previous Star Wars celebrations, if you attended some of those big panels, they give you T-shirts. I have T-shirts and hats and posters and stuff from previous Star Wars celebration. Really no free swag this year. There were some pa- really? they were, there were some posters that were handed out, a couple of pins, but nothing beyond that. No T-shirts, wow. no hats, nothing like that. And I feel like a lot of that is just um, – 
stat, you know, between supply chain issues and the fact that I think a lot of people were really waiting to make sure that Star Wars Celebration was happening. It was going to happen. <laughs> it was yeah. going to happen before, um, you know, before they they really committed to it. So, I, you know, it, it was certainly impacted by it, but I had a great time. Um, it was really nice to to attend a convention again. You know, I, there have been conventions since, and it's like this is the first convention that's happened, but it's the first one I've attended in the last few years, and really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed seeing a bunch of Star Wars fans. Enjoyed seeing the cosplay. Really enjoyed uh, the panels that I attended, like the Mandalorian panel. Um, I attended a panel of a new TV show coming out called Tales of the Jedi. Um, that uh, apparent that and, I, and we didn't, they showed the first episode that kind of follows two stories, one of Ahsoka and one of Count Dooku, um, kind mm. of through the years leading up to what we know of them. And so I thought that, you know, they showed one of the episodes and it was really good. So, I mean, it, it, I, I really, really did have a good time. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I, I spent a moderate amount of money, but not as much as I certainly have in previous celebrations. Uh, and, you know, the, the good thing about the convention in Anaheim is it is literally... I'm going to say about half a mile from the convention center to the gates of Disneyland. So um, if you follow us on YouTube and if you don't, it's youtube.com slash IOM geek. Uh, in the coming weeks, you'll see I finally got to attend Avengers Campus. Um, I got to go on Avengers Campus. They have that big Avengers land there. It's got the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, Spider-Man, um, Hank Pym's restaurant, um, you know, a couple of meet and greets, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, that kind of thing. So I was able to attend that for the first time. And uh, also I went to uh, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars land in uh, Disneyland. And just I, I I love that stuff. And, you know, got to experience things that I haven't experienced before. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not much of an amusement park guy, but I certainly do want to go for both of those attractions. I will say out of the two, Avengers Campus um is great visually and the guardians of the mm. galaxy ride is a blast it really is i did not enjoy my meal spoilers <laughs> at hank's Pim, hank pym's test kitchen is what it's called now that could have been just what i ordered but i didn't like what i ordered and the spider-man ride is really good if you're a kid but not so much if you're an adult um mm. but you know the experience is a lot of fun it is very much rooted in the marvel cinematic universe Sure. So, you know, very, very little as far as like, oh, this is a reference that only comic fans would get. It's all very movie based. Um, but, you know, oh, that also, makes sense. but it's it's still a lot of fun. You know, they're, they yeah. they have Black Widow, a Black Widow stunt show. Apparently, whenever Disney Plus has a new show, they, they have characters um, that are out there for meet and greets like Moon Knight, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I did not see Moon Knight, sadly. Um, but out of the two, I will say I think Galaxy's Edge did it right more so than Avengers Campus. Um, it's a lot more immersive. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. I, I finally rode the the newer ride called Rise of the Resistance. And I got to tell you, Aaron, it is you. You remember Star Wars or excuse me, Star Trek, the experience. And uh, I do. And you rode the Borg uh, encounter as well as the original. You were, you've ridden. I did not. I've only um, ridden the the uh, Star Trek experience. I haven't read, uh, read haven't read, haven't ridden the uh, the Borg, Borg experience. Yeah. Well, they, you know, but regardless, I think both situations, Borg encounter a little bit more so, are fully immersive, mm-hmm. right? Like you walk right. through a door and you are surrounded by actors oh, yeah. who are in their in character. You're in Starfleet, that kind of thing. Um, they have a Star Wars ride that is very much like that. 
Like as soon as you pass through the gates, you are surrounded head to toe Star Wars, interacting with characters that are Star Wars characters. You you get on a, a ship and you know it like you fly into a star destroyer and you walk out and you're literally walking through um you know the the landing bay of a star destroyer with full size you know um ATSTs and an army of stormtroopers and it's just breathtaking and so it, it is uh it is an experience that I've never had in a theme park before and I I I absolutely loved it and so I you know I've seen videos of it I have a video of it it'll be on our YouTube channel in the coming weeks it's not the same as experience sitting in person. Well, you know, I, I would think that, you know, you shared that, you know, Star Wars is much more satisfying, the Galaxy's Edge experience. And I would think that it would be just because, you know, the Star Wars universe is so very different. You know, it's, it's completely askew from, you know, real life, whereas mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is superheroes in our real life. So, you know, walking around in the MCU is a lot like walking around, you know, our world, except that, yeah, hey, there's Thor. But, uh, you know, whereas in Star Wars, everybody is weird. Fair point. (laughs) Fair point. Yeah. So I I would think that'd be the case. And that was the beautiful thing about, you know, going through the Star Trek experience was, uh, you know, the minute you engage in that ride, everything is you know 23rd century 24th century i should say but uh i I loved that i am very interested in in visiting galaxy well you know one day one day if this star trek thing catches on (laughs) maybe maybe we'll get another star trek experience you know it's funny that you brought up star trek experience because I, i just listened to a brand new interview with lisa clink who wrote the Borg encounter oh, wow. uh, for, for the Star Trek experience. And I, that was a fascinating interview uh, with you know, her talking about, about writing it and, and what that ride was like. Cause I didn't get to do the Borg thing. I did. I did. I, it, it, debu- was... it debuted after I went, cause I went in 2001 mm. and it debuted, I think in 2004. So yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was 2005 when I went, maybe gosh, that thing has been closed for, I mean, at this point, yeah, close 15 to, years. 20, yeah, it's uh, 20, uh, two, 2015, something like that. Yeah. I want to say. No, nah, okay. uh, maybe my, maybe I my miss math it. is off. I sure <laughs> do miss it. I, I, I that was that was the whole reason for me to go to Vegas. Yeah. You know, I don't disagree. Well, ho- you know, hopefully someone and we'll talk about this on our Star Trek with Aaron and Polly podcast. As soon as I get caught up on Strange New Worlds, um, you know, I. It would, it would be great to have an experience like that again. You know, it, it doesn't need to be the whole hog. And I think that's part of the issue. I think they're kind of waiting until they can invest in something I, as big as that. But I feel like I, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, and don't get me wrong. I want the whole hog. Give me the whole hog. But if you can't do that, you know, let's I don't know why you wouldn't do it again in Vegas. Because, you know, Vegas is still family friendly in, in so many uh, respects. Yeah, probably but, more so you know, now than ever. If if not, there are plenty of Six Flags theme parks that you could, you know, license it out for your attraction. I just yeah. it was so much fun and it was I, so well conceived. I, I agree. But we are not here to talk about Star Trek, Aaron. We are here to talk about Star Wars. About the wars, the wars about and the, the stars. wars of the stars. And so um, this week. The third episode. So while I was in celebration, like I said, um, you know, they premiered the first two episodes of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, on Thursday evening. They dropped, I think, like early, uh, well, 
early, uh, California time, I think it was around nine o'clock, um, that they dropped those first two episodes. And then this week, they kind of surprised everyone because I think everyone thought the new episodes would be coming out on Fridays. But they're like, surprise, it's going to be on Wednesdays. Um, and so we now have the the third episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm glad they did that, Aaron, because I wanted to make, you know, a- after seeing it, I feel like my opinion of the show has <laughs> changed um, after watching the third episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I'm glad it came out and I'm glad you had an opportunity to watch it before we record it. I did because, you know, Paul yelled at me to watch it. I did. I did. Aaron's like, oh, I'm watching Stranger Things. And I'm like, why are you watching Stranger Things? We're talking about Obi-Wan. Because I have a Stranger Things podcast. Oh, Stranger Things with Aaron and Wayne? Like Aaron and no. Andrew? <laughs> it's Aaron, Aaron and, and other po- It's Aaron and, and your dad. So, <laughs> dad. Uh, <laughs> it's Aaron and uh, Tony. Other Paul. Aaron and Big Paul. Aaron and Big Paul. <laughs> and Big Paul. But, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I watched uh, both of the first two episodes last weekend and uh, for the most part liked it. But I think you're right, Paul. I think that the uh, third episode um, sort of changed my mind about the series. So the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I felt like, okay, that was good. Like it was an intro, you know, it was an interesting introduction to the character. Um, You know, there were some continuity issues, but I'm not like so tied to continuity that I'm just going to like flip out over it. Cause I know a lot of people are like, how does Obi-Wan, you know, how, how does Leia not, you know, when she sends a message to Obi-Wan in episode four, how does she not, hey, say, hey, remember you saved me when I was a kid? Um, you know, things like that. There are definitely well, some continuity concerns. She does say you've always helped us in the past or something like this. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like it fits in. I don't I don't object to it. Yeah, I. I don't object to her not mentioning it because it was a fast message and there's never an opportunity in, in that series for he and her to connect before he's, you know, taken down by Vader. Fair point. Fair so, point. I'm just saying it. So I mean, you, you make a good point. So the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, is, it features kind of an introduction to what Obi-Wan's been doing on Tatooine, you know, watching over Luke, getting berated by uh, Uncle Owen. And, Having a uh, shitty, shitty job. Shitty I job. Mean, I mean, he's just like so, cutting meat. So he's he's some kind of uh, meat processor. Yeah. And I well, here here is the thing that bothers me. You know, it shows the the tedium of his job and how at the end he just kind of waits for the to clock out at the end of the day. You know, he's watching the clock, and at the end of the day, he cuts off a little piece of the meat he'd been working on, folds it up, tucks it in his shirt. And he and everybody else just leaves their lumps of meat out there. And there's yeah. no there's nobody coming in behind them to work. So it's not like there's another shift that appears to be coming in. They're just abandoning the meat, meat and, until tomorrow. Well, and, and they're out there in the desert, right? I mean, they're, they're they're not inside like a refrigerated warehouse. It's just out there in the desert with the sand and. You don't want to eat whatever that is. He's whatever he's feeding his uh, his, you know, mount, you know, because he he takes it back to his not a horse thing and uh, (laughs) feeds it feeds him that little bite that he that he saved. I I don't know that I'd be feeding that to my dog. You know, I mean, that just it seems wildly questionable. (laughs) And what is it they're carving down? Is it the the whatever meat is left over from that skeleton thing there? Perhaps I need to know these. things. I mean, is this Star Wars galaxy spam? Because it is cube shaped. It is cube shaped, and it's uh, it's it's pinkish in nature. Uh-huh, 
It's disturbing is what it is, Paul. Clearly. Welcome to a meat cast with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> well, I just, I was very, very concerned about, uh, <laughs> about what, uh, he feeding, what, what he was feeding his, uh, his, his ride. I just was not, was not happy about that. <laughs> so, you and, know. But I, I got to say what I was happy about in episode one, I think it's episode one. Yeah, it's episode one. Uh, Lars, right? You know, yeah. uh, uh, not Lars. Is it Owen? Well, Thank you. Where Owen. do they get Lars from? Oh. The Metallica? Maybe. Um, so <laughs> Owen actually has some backbone. And yeah, because he seemed like such a such a nothing in the prequels. And, you know, just seemed I don't know. He just seemed ridiculous in uh, episode four. But I really I kind of you know, we only get to see him for just a glimpse. But I liked him. I, I liked the, I, I thought that they gave him a, a nice part. Uh, yeah, you know, I the fact too. that he wasn't willing to call Kenobi out. And of course, you know, he didn't do it for Kenobi, but I mean, it would have it would have been easier to identify Kenobi than to stand up to, uh, you know, third sister. Yeah. Well, and just I'm I'm, I'm going to let you off easy, Aaron, because I know you're probably kicking yourself over your Lars reference. Owen's last name is Lars. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you, you did get it right. Ish. OK. Very formal. I know. I knew that was somewhere. I was like, where did I pull that from? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I thought Owen's appearance, Owen Lars's appearance in um, episode one was actually really good, and you know, it set up a lot of interesting things. The Inquisitors are hunting down the Jedi. You know, we are at this point. I think it said seven years after. Um, no, after, ten years. Uh, ten years. Yeah, we're, we are ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So at this point, mm-hmm. we are nine years before A New Hope, or five years before Star Wars Rebels, I think is how that timeline works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, ten years after Obi-Wan watching over Anakin, ten-year-old Anakin, the Inquisitors are still looking and, um, you know, definitely looking for Obi-Wan. And the third sister is on a special mission to find Obi-Wan, um, specifically. And so, they, you know, they, they find a Jedi on Tatooine, where Obi-Wan is hiding out. Um, they, they kill that Jedi. Um, and, um, yeah, but we are also introduced to Princess Leia, um, you know, who has been adopted by the Organas on Alderaan. And uh, she gets kidnapped by Flea for Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I was like, is that Flea? Well, that's just going to happen. That's just yeah. going to happen. Flea kind of looks like a kidnapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that, that that's where we leave episode one. And it goes into episode two where, you know, the Organas have reached out to, to Obi-Wan, you know, and, and, and convinced him to to find Leia, which he does. Um, and he comes across Camille, uh, Camille Nanjiani as a fake Jedi. Um, and, you know, his first confrontation with the third sister. Now, this episode here. Now, after the first episode, I'm like, OK, I'm in. I'm intrigued. I don't love it, but it's OK. It's certainly better than the first episode of Book of Boba Fett. I was not bored. In the first episode of Obi Wan, second episode, what? I'm like, hmm, this feels like they skimped on the budget. It, it felt on like episode te- on episode two. Sorry, on episode two, it felt like I was watching a very Fox or CW level huh. show. Um, in in the way, and you know, it could just be the you know the way that they used the volume, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. that that the space that they used to film shows, but it, it definitely didn't. Something about the second episode, or it could just be honestly the direction of it. it. It felt uninspired. It felt uninteresting. The action was not exciting to me. You know, I I was too busy thinking about uh, Mr. Nanjiani yeah. because you know he got all just ripped for Eternals, and what I, 
I love is that he has remained, you know, I, because I, I, everyone was just sort of like, well, why? He didn't have to like wear that suit. He didn't do anything that required him to, you know, get all cut like that. Um, but you know, he's he's gonna stay in the space. I'm gonna do Marvel movies. I'm gonna do Star Wars stuff. I'm gonna keep. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this body. I uh, I, I found that interesting. Yeah. I mean, even though he's lost in the robes, you know, uh, I, I I think that he's just like, no, no, I'll stay cut. They'll keep me in shows because I might have to take my shirt off at some point. At some point. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, Camille. Yeah. But yeah, I did not like that. I, I will say I will. I, I did not care for the second episode. I was like, oh, no. Like, this I didn't is not have any great. strong. I didn't have any strong feelings about episode two at all, though. I'm, I'm at risk of stepping in it. Uh, I was not wild about uh, Moses Ingram's performance. Um, you know, the more time that we spent with her in episodes one and two, I was really struggling uh, mm-hmm. with her. And it felt like her choice, uh, her, the choices she made as an actor were not uh, were not in keeping with what we know about the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, you and know, I don't disagree they're, they're, with that, honestly, you know, I, and I, I, I understand there's a whole lot of drama right now. And folks have have just said some very very ugly things uh, about the actor and uh, many of them racist. And that is not where I'm coming. from. Uh, I'm coming from the same place I came from in the prequels uh, with the choice of language. And, 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 and that's a writer's issue. And, and I think yeah. there's some of that. Uh, but, you know, when Anakin calls uh, uh, his mother, mom, that really bothered me. And that still hits my ear wrong. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, anytime, you know, someone was talking about their parents in, in the original trilogy, it was mother, it was father. Um, we get a little bit of that in episode three, where Obi-Wan talks about uh, 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 Leah's dad. And yeah. he uses the term dad like, ah, father, can you just it's father, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, some of the colloquialisms that we use today, like mom and dad, um, yippy from Phantom Menace. Yeah. Those are not things that I think that we would say in a galaxy far, far away. And that's where I came down with, you know, the portrayal of third sister Reva. Is that right? Yes. Reva. Reva. Reva Reva McIntyre. Anyway. Um, but, uh, I found I, I I really struggled with her in episodes one and two. And, you know, Paul and I texted about that. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not warming up, warming up here. But I got to tell you, episode three, I was in. Yeah, it took me know, a while. And, but and, I and for her specifically, you know, it's it's weird to me because, you know, they she uh, apparently her, her big um, breakout was in Queen's Gambit, which I have not seen. Uh, she was great in Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Loved but, you know, her so, uh, what, what you find about certain actors who are so great in dramas is that they tend to ham it up a bit too much when it comes to these types of, of this type of entertainment, right? Um, you know, genre entertainment. And that's what I felt I was getting in addition to, you know, some of that stiff, not great writing dialogue in in that set, yeah. especially in that second episode. The first episode didn't bother me as much. It really hit me in the second episode. And then all of a sudden, episode three came around and everything got turned around for me with honestly yeah, probably it, it within the first like 10 was, minutes of episode three. It felt like yeah, a different show. It felt like everything was firing in episode. Three. Yeah. So, you know, episode yeah. three, we start with Darth Vader on Mustafar. I mean, literally sitting in a throne on a fire planet. I'm like, 
I need <laughs> in in that. his castle. <laughs> in his in his castle on the fire planet. I was like, I need that box set immediately. <laughs> that statue of Darth Vader on his throne. Yeah. Why didn't I have that as a playset when I was a kid? Right. To go with my with my uh, Death Star playset, I also need my Castle Vader playset. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything, everything in that episode was firing on all cylinders. Moses Ingram, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the issues were in the first episode, she did a great job in the third episode. Yeah. The fact that you well, know, and I felt like the writing was there for her, right? I mean, yeah. I just i I felt like I felt like everyone knew who her character was at that time. Cause I'm not sure that the writers knew who her character was or, and I hate to say this or that she did, but it yeah. felt like everybody w- was, was on board w- with what she was doing. And I, I gotta say, I really enjoyed episode three and her performance. Yeah. And then um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, coming face to face with Darth Vader, which happened way early. I know it's only a six episode series happened way mm-hmm. earlier than I expected it to. Um, well, and, and I gotta say, uh, I, I, they made the case that they inferred, I should say, or, uh, you know, they, they made the case, I feel, in the writing that, you know, he hadn't been, you know, acting as a Jedi, so he is not nearly yeah, yeah. as powerful as he used to be. Um, you know, yeah. he's kind of gone to seed. Um, whereas Vader, you know, he's out there doing Sith, Sith shit every day. And, yeah. you know, he is at the top of his game. Vader walking down the street force dragging people out of their homes uh you know i, I just did you catch that he killed a child that yeah, he yes. killed a that man's son right there in the street in front of god and everybody i mean i was like <laughs> holy shit um that was that was pretty gnarly you know we know that vader's a bad bad guy but him going walking through the street and just torturing you know, bystander, um, you know, and it's not stated, but you, you know that he's doing that to draw Obi-Wan out. Yeah. And one of the things I really appreciated about the writing is that nobody on screen had to explain that to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because initially you're like, well, why is he being such an asshole? You know, well, he's doing it because he's drawing out the guy who has successfully hidden from him for years. He knows he's there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I really appreciated that the writing in those scenes did not play down to, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I really wish they had a little bit of dialogue there to explain what was going on. I got it. I got what exactly what Vader was doing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and, now, and especially the when thing. they faced off. Sorry. No, go you ahead. go. You go. Well, I was going to no, say you go. when they faced off, when, you know, spoiler warnings. So Vader, you know, lights the ground on fire and then drags Obi-Wan through it. Force drags him. Force which drags him. Awesome. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, first yeah. of all, the fact that they even faced off was unexpected. But the way, uh-huh. I, obviously, I knew Obi-Wan was going to get his ass kicked. It's only episode three of the show. Um, but the way in which it happened genuinely surprised me. And when he's dragging Obi-Wan through the fire, just, you know, like, hey, here's a little taste of what I experienced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Loved that. Loved yeah. that. Well, here's the thing I don't understand about. Okay, hmm. so, you know, there's the fire between them, right? And, you know, he gets rescued by, you know, the, the, the lady who was helping he and Leah. I don't understand why Vader let them escape. I was wondering the same. Because, yeah, but, I mean, he could he could have we have seen that he can overwhelm Obi-Wan with the force, because I got to tell you, I was thinking that 
Jedis couldn't do that to one another or, or force users couldn't do that to one another that, you know, my command of the force would, you know, disrupt your command of the force. But apparently if you are more powerful in the force, it's screw the other guy. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand why, because it seems to me like Vader had number one, had the ability to use his force powers to knock the droid, the, the loader droid that was assisting that, you know, he could have, he could have done any number, any number of things and could have leapt over the flame. Yeah. Or, I, those are or, things or, I don't, or, you know, wiped them out like he did the first time. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. It, but you know, I mean, maybe he's just taunting him. Oh, I don't know. Because yeah, it did feel I, odd. Like your force still works. It's yeah. through the fire, but yeah. you know, I mean, obviously it's for dramatic effect. We're only halfway through the series. So, you know, it, it was one of those like, Hmm, like, He's the same distance he was from you a minute ago when you were force choking him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I don't get that. But, you know, that being said, episode three really, really fired on all cylinders. I hope this is the momentum they keep throughout the rest of the series. Well, now, that being said, Obi-Wan's unconscious. So I kind of feel like we're setting up for a flashback episode. Well, I also think we're setting up because of, of him, uh, you know, taking it so rough in this episode. I think we're setting up why he looks so much older than he should in uh, yeah, episode so four, too. right? I mm-hmm. think we're setting that up. But Paul, I don't know if you, if you, if you, you know, triggered on this in the episode, but Obi-Wan apparently has a brother. There's an you Obi know, there was some, there was an Kenobi. There is. There were a couple of like, you know, as I'm watching it, I'm like, that is total setup that Obi-Wan that exactly remembers set. his father and has a brother. Uh-huh. So that could be set up for like Obi-Wan venturing to meet his family if they do a season two. And he mentions Quinlan Voss from uh-huh. the prequel trilogy. I'm like, right. hmm, there uh-huh. are definitely some things in there that feel like, you know, we're, we're not stupid. They're not just Easter eggs <laughs> for the hell of Easter eggs. They're not like they're, they're not going to film Obi-Wan talking about his brother for a few minutes just to go. And we're never going to revisit that thread. Yeah, well, and, and and maybe it's a way to have a Kenobi series post original trilogy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I I just I was like ooh ooh. <laughs> Especially because he remembers his brother as a baby, which means his he has a younger brother. That's right. Yeah. So uh, definitely some interesting setup there. I, I, I'm you know if there's one thing that I will you know that 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 has been consistently good. Ewan McGregor you know stepped right back into the role. Um, doing a great job, and we're halfway through already. Yeah. So Ewan, only three more Ewan, weeks ago. Ewan McGregor was not the problem. Was no, no. I am curious why in the world they went to the trouble of getting Hayden Christen, Christensen back. What is he going to do? Unless it's a flashback episode. Well, that's why I think we're going to get flashback yeah. episode next episode. I think they're going to flashback to you know some prequel trilogy time frame. Because yeah, I mean that being said, he's a he's a fine Vader. He does great as Vader. Mm-hmm. But, like, they didn't need him for any other appearance of Vader in the last 20 years. Right. So, I guess we'll, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But, yeah, I, I'm going to guess it's um, flashback stuff. You know, flashback would be a lot of fun if they did it the way they should have done, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones, where it's a buddy cop movie. You know, <laughs> that would be that would be hella fun. You know, let's get let's flashback to a time when they liked each other and they enjoyed each other's company. Let's do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they had enough time for it because only got three other three other episodes left, right? But uh, man, that yeah, but there's be, really I, not I, much story, right? It feels like uh, you know, we're over the halfway mark. I think we're gonna get a flashback episode. Then Obi Wan wakes up, leading up to the final confrontation, and then final confrontation. I feel like that's what's coming. 
I would really love a, a, a nice flashback of, of them being a buddy cop thing. I just I, that would be so much fun. But hopefully we'll see it. Or you can just watch The Clone Wars, Aaron. You That's can just right. watch all seven seasons of The Clone Wars. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Paul. Well, so you know, I, I hate to temper the good vibes, right? Oh, no. Of, uh, of Are you going to darken my uh, my good mood? I, oh, I'm going to darken your good mood by, uh, by talking about that dark road to that stupid dark crisis. Because, wow! That that uh, I, that preview or prequel book that, uh, that that prelude to the event was total crap. Yeah, it so, was awful, Paul. <laughs> In addition to Obi Wan being released this week, uh, episode three, we also got Justice League: Road to Dark Crisis, which is a one shot um, featuring you know a number of different creative teams, but leading into Dark Crisis, and the creative teams are not bad. We've got Joshua Williamson, Dan Jurgens, Jeremy Adams. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Stephanie Phillips, Clayton Henry, Daniel Semper. I mean, we've, we've got some some decent creative teams on this book. Um, and ultimately what this book is telling is little moments in time um, after the Justice League has been. It's kind of it takes place kind of in between the end of that death of the Justice League book and Dark Crisis number one. And the world is it's basically how the other heroes are coping with um, the Justice League being gone or how they're not coping, right? In some situations, you know, it, they're very much like, ah, eh, they're going to come back, you know? Um, oh, yeah, I mean, that's the entire, that's the entire concept of, uh, of the Nightwing, it's not Superman. Flash, it was Nightwing Superman uh, story at the beginning. But to a certain extent, Joshua it's kind Williams. of refreshing. Now, uh, uh, let me clarify. I didn't like this book, but it is kind yeah, of refreshing wrong. to see in-universe the mm-hmm. same thinking about death oh, that yeah. we as comic fans have. Like, they're fine. No, they're they're going to be you know, like, I, I remember when my dad died. Yeah. I remember when your dad died. They're going to be back. That's right. And I enjoyed all that. In fact, of the stories that I read, I would say that the, you know, Josh Williamson, Dan Jurgens story was the best of the bunch. But even so, even though I love, you know, seeing Dan Jurgens uh, draw DC characters, it was still not the best. It was still not great. It was still no. not worth the cover price. Every single one of these, every single one of the following stories I felt was poorly drawn and poorly written. Um, I, I just felt like this was, hey, we, we, we can have something come out on this on this week that there's not much coming out. Um, yeah, that's what we'll do. And it yeah. was it was really disappointing. It was, you know, the, 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 the tales in this book are all throwaway tales. I don't feel like yeah. there's. They are not a single one of them is key to what's going to happen. No, I, I mean, feel even like the it, parallax, par, not parallax, uh, pariah, pariah story. Um, I felt like that was just a lot of fat I and mean, there wasn't anything there that you wouldn't have already gotten from the prior book. Yeah. And I don't feel like there's anything there that is going to be newly acknowledged. Yeah. You know, when, when dark crisis comes out. So yeah, it is for, it, 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 I think it's a four ninety nine book. Not at all. Or five ninety nine. Wasn't it a 599 book? You're you're probably right, but you know, not worth it. Um, No, not 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 in the slightest. And I think it hurts the case for the for this crossover. It does. I almost wish I hadn't read it. Well, and it it has me questioning whether or not I'm going to pick up Dark Crisis, which you know originally I was rather interested in, but now I'm like, well, this was this was such a botched effort. Do I really want to get in on the other thing? No, I hear you. I know, I'm, 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 I'm still thinking of Dark Crisis number one. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's, no, Paul, it's by. Don't say that, Paul. I'm don't doing say it. That out loud. We got Joshua, DC Comics listens to this stuff. 
they know they know I'm gonna read. They know they're gonna, gonna send us the swag. All that swag you didn't get at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. They're gonna send us. They're gonna send us Dark Crisis. Swag. They're gonna send us PDFs of Dark Crisis because I love reading PDFs. They're gonna send us a crate of all the books that didn't sell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I'll also pick it up. You know, it's written by Joshua Williamson, who wrote the first story in this, as you know, with art by Daniel Simpair. I've liked what I've seen. You know, the Joshua Williams part of this book is not the problem, Um, but it's definitely a cash grab, an unnecessary cash grab. And I was not a fan of this book. Nor was I. It was awful. Yeah. I don't know if I said that enough. It was a terrible book. It was. It was a terrible book. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next? Well, next week, you can give Dark Crisis your own try. A Dark Crisis issue one, Joshua Williamson, Daniel Simpair, uh, comes out next week at the first issue. Also from DC Comics, we have um, uh, excuse me, we have new issues of Dark Knights of Steel and the second issue of Flashpoint Beyond. I know we didn't love the first issue, but I'm still going to give second issue a shot. Um, and from uh, Marvel Comics, we get the continuation of Banner of War in Thor number 26. I had honestly forgotten about Flashpoint Beyond. Right. There's too many crises going on. <laughs> yeah. I Wow. That, I was like, wow. I read that, didn't I? Huh? Yeah. I mean, the problem is every book, DC book feels like a big crossover event. So it's like, OK, which crossover are we on right now? You're uh, not well, wrong. We're on two of them. We've got two of them going on. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about Obi-Wan Kenobi or and if you're excited about the upcoming Obi-2 Kenobi. <laughs> Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Maybe a lump of that pink square meat. Mm. <laughs> it's been it's been sitting in the sun for a few days. Um, <laughs> curing, just curing in the sun. Curing. And saying. <laughs> well, so we, what do we call that dry aging? It's been dry aging. <laughs> <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media i o m geek on facebook instagram or twitter and definitely check us out on youtube youtube.com slash i o m geek what a deal well hey uh we'll do this all over again next time thanks for tuning in uh paul and i have to go out and make our uh our, our little cube meat sandwich yes Here's all right it, it's it's just sitting outside i need to go get it how <laughs> to get it off the porch <laughs> off the porch <laughs> bye podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope for more information visit markandrewpope.com funny books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com no Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast